Well, um, many of you know that some of the campaigns that we have running here at JM in the AM actually fit in perfectly with our Elul Chesed campaign. And Karen Ashvias does, in fact, fit right in. As you know, there are um, a lot of farmers in Israel, and they are facing a tremendous challenge now at the beginning of a Shemitah year. Uh, I don't think there's any other way to say it. A tremendous challenge uh, to the farmers of Israel. And the truth is, we've been saying over the last few days that we have an opportunity to partner with them, help them get through the year, and help them uh, uh, keep and maintain um, a livelihood and at the same time an unbelievable mitzvah from the Torah. Remember, a farmer not only has the uh, uh, Shemitah to worry about where he's getting no profit at all from his farm, but he knowingly goes into debt, having to pay for his lease on his land, pay off the loans on his machines, Karen Ashvias is the only organization directly supporting the farmer, and every penny you donate ensures that he can survive the year. Information, you can go to KarenHashvias.org, KarenHashvias.org, or you can uh, dial 888-675-6694, 888-675-6694. One of the most outspoken people about the, um, uh, the need for the farmers uh, that Karen Hashvias deals with is the one and only Jamie Geller. Jamie Geller, uh, the celebrity chef, uh, the cookbook author, uh, the um, uh, chief media and marketing officer for Aish in Israel uh, and worldwide. And uh, for our purposes, a real friend of Karen Ashvias. Jamie is with us live via telephone from Israel. Jamie Geller, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. It's so exciting. You give the warmest welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate that. It was wonderful seeing you in Israel. I know it's going to make a lot of people jealous because <laughs> I feel guilty that I was able to get to the Holy Land this summer, but it was wonderful seeing you in the holy city of Jerusalem. It was so special to be together. I'll treasure the picture that we took together <laughs> on the roof of age. It was so lovely and Great to catch up with your wife and fun all around. Yeah, it was really nice. And I'll tell you, folks, there ain't no better view in the world. When Jamie says the picture looks great, has nothing to do with the people in it. The background is simply historic and amazing. So tell me how you became a friend of Karen Hashvias. How did this all evolve? You know, it's so funny. So it goes back um, seven, eight years ago. They first contacted me before the last Shemitah. I was new here to Israel. And some of the, you know, we're talking about the challenge to the farmers, but for new Olim here coming around the Shemitah year, or for those who haven't yet experienced one, there's a lot of anxiety and nervousness. What do I buy? What do I buy? How do I, how do I um, you know, keep the producers from, you know, in your kitchen and in your home perspective? And so we first started talking back then, and then we circled back around this year, and it has been the most intense, beautiful, heartbreaking that heartwarming and inspirational experience um, to get to know the organization more um, and partner with them as we travel all around the country, north to south, east to west, and speaking to the farmers and actually getting to know them and their families and specifically the wives of the farmers. Some are female farmers, some are partners to their husbands in the fields, and some are just partners at home and seeing what this year's Shemitah looks like for them, which obviously pales in comparison to the homemaker trying to decide, you know, which produce to buy and how to dispose or not dispose, you know, of the Shemitah produce. Yeah, Shemitah does cause um, uh, some challenging situations that people need to be educated about in Israel. Uh, but right, the, the, the farmer situation is certainly the most 
challenging. Jamie Geller is with us live via telephone. And, and this, and I'm very open with this audience. You know, this is a campaign for us as we try to help Karen Ashvias, but uh, it fits right into our Elul Chesed campaign because uh, uh, you're, we're literally, as one uh, gives to, as one supports Karen Ashvias, they are supporting farmers that have made this commitment to, to the land and to our tradition and, frankly, to our Torah. It is a mitzvah specifically uh, from the Torah. Now, I've been, I've been hard. I know there's a lot of messages here, and nobody knows about messages in media like you do. Uh, but I've really been focused on this one message, and that is that uh, you know, you know, these farmers have to uh, make a financial sacrifice like none other. They are not uh, um, making any money from their farm, and on top of that, they have leases on their land. They have machinery that has to be paid for. They have loans out for whatever they've needed in the past, and and here's our opportunity to support them. So with all the messages out there about the importance of Karen Ashvias, I think that that might be the most important one. We're putting money back into the pockets of farmers who have no choice but to spend money during this year. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And to take it even a step further, many of them, it's very hard to get workers. I spoke to a lot of farmers. And I think, you know, maybe a generation ago, it was very romantic to become a farmer and to work the land. But it's becoming less and less what the next generation of youth are doing here in the country. And so they, it's very hard for them to get good workers, to hold on to workers. So many of them will not let their workers go. And they will pay them throughout the year, even if they won't work just to know that they have their reliable farmhands who have been with them. So that's in addition to all the bills that you mentioned. On top of that, think about some of them are making a simcha this year. What if they have a bar mitzvah? What if they have a wedding? There's, you know, um, situations like that. And in addition, many of them have contracts that they have to fulfill for distribution, distributors across the country, whether, you know, some of them get big contracts with national distributors. They lose them. If they decide this year they're not going to supply the contract, they're losing their contract. So sometimes they're forfeiting contracts that are three, four, five, six years old. But if they can't supply, then they're dropped like a hot potato, if you will, by these larger companies, and they just go to the next farm that's willing to supply them the potatoes for the year, and they give them the next five, ten-year contract. There's so many layers and layers of this and so many implications. And then on top of that, and 5781 and 5782 add the whole COVID situation because I'm sure there's some yeah. bene- some benefits for those who are selling food during COVID, but I would imagine that the majority of the situations that a farmer or anybody in business faces during COVID is a very, very big challenge. Of course, every single industry was hit, including the farming industry, so they're coming off like the last 18 months, which, you know, we're not the most stellar in terms of uh, business for really, like I said, any industry. And I actually recently just visited a farm just last week at the Gaza border. I mean, I almost literally could have touched the border, (laughs) and they had to deal with the last Gaza war. And I I think it's really, really interesting just to teach everyone here. uh, You know, the Iron Dome intercepts the missiles that are headed for populated residential areas. But... Missiles that are going to fall in open fields, they let go because we know the cost of every single battery that it takes to intercept the missile, and we need to keep that to protect human life. Well, guess what? The open fields are farmland, and we saw literally holes in greenhouses, holes in hothouses, damage to fields like COVID and the war and the sheep. It's like so intense for some of them. I am crying along with them. I can only imagine. I didn't even consider that, how much of their land has been destroyed by the enemy. Uh, everybody out there, um, as we've been saying, you determine, or all of us determine, how many farmers will keep Shemitah simply by the commitment that Karen Ashvias can make to the farmers and the farming industry during this Shemitah year. 
It's pretty easy to give. Go to karenhashvias.org, karenhashvias.org, or you could dial 888-675-6694, 888-675-6694, and, uh, and make a donation and get more information. As you heard Jamie Geller say, uh, there are uh, farmers from north to south, east and west, east to west in Israel, uh, of all types, all backgrounds, and all sizes in terms of their farms and their and their um, uh, operation uh, that are in great need uh, during this uh, uh, upcoming Shemitah year. And you know, one of the things you mentioned, Jamie, is the anxiety. I know what it's like, you know, the day the day before a fast day when you worry when, when you when you worry about you know about uh, making sure to eat enough. I can only imagine what it's like two weeks before the shemitah year when these farmers are building that anxiety within and just wondering, you know, how how on earth am I going to make it through this? You know, once you're in it, you know how it is. Once you're in it, the the you know th- th- the the focus changes, but beforehand the anxiety yeah. builds like crazy. Yeah, you can't even imagine, and you can't imagine what it's doing to their relationships and their home life as well. You know, some husband and wives are like full force together as one, one mind, one body, one soul, moving forward to Shemitah. Another one is like the farmer, the husband feels really passionate about it, but the wife is not yet on board. She wants to support the husband. And I've heard a few of the wives speaking about getting up at night, crying in the middle of the night, how are we going to do this, how are we going to do this, and really can continue to ask the husband, are you sure, are you sure, are you sure? Now, that will do... Like, you know, that could penetrate anyone's resolve. When right. their partner, their their spouse is sitting there crying, like, how can we do this? And it makes them question their own commitment to the mitzvah. And you have to know, you said all types. There are many farmers here. They're not wearing yarmulke. They're not wearing tzitzit. If you would look at them, you would not consider them to be religious. And they have taken on this mitzvah with a passion that is so inspiring. And because of them, and if we give, we can partner with them, we can do a mitzvah that we would never be able to do without right. them. So there's so many layers and layers here to the conversation and the build-up um, and what it means to partner with these farmers and their families. And I know this is not our focus today, but it is pretty amazing the stories you hear about farmers who have in the past made this commitment and then the blessings that were showered upon them you know, in subsequent years. Now, again... We don't know exactly how the one above works, so we don't we don't want to make believe that we know how the formula operates. Uh, but still, it's something to hear stories like that, where the farmers make this commitment, are assuming they're going to hit rock bottom, and then you know as things can as, as things open up and as the shemitah year starts to end, all of a sudden they're being showered with blessings. So I think it's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's something we say, you know, to make ourselves feel better and to inspire, you know, the farmers. But the truth is every single farmer I spoke to is not doing it because they're still mechon a blessing. They're not doing it because they believe a miracle is coming. They're doing it because they believe it's right. And in fact, the opposite, they believe it's wrong, meaning that they're, I wouldn't say fearful, right. but like they, you know, they think it's, you, you can't, we cannot do this. It's more coming from the opposite motivation than, oh, a miracle is going to happen, and they're expecting abundant blessings. Because the miracles, while they do happen, and they are amazing, and they do make us feel good about all this, no one is doing it, you know, expecting that or with that in mind. I hear that. Uh, by the way, we sh- I assume, I mean, you know, uh, obviously, you know, raising money for Karen Ashvi is the most important thing because we want to be able to help out uh, in terms of their efforts with the farmers. But I would assume one of the other things Karen Ashvi is doing is, in a way, 
trying to convince certain farmers that are just not 100% sure they can make this commitment to go ahead and do it. And, you know, you, you need you need a little money behind you to you know, to have a conversation with them. You need to know that you'll be able to support them if you're trying to encourage them to keep the mitzvah of Shemitah. I would assume that's also part of the whole mix, right? Of course. Of course. So there are those who are gung-ho who seek out Karen Ashiyas, and there are those that Karen Ashiyas goes out and educates. There are many farmers that don't know about this. I mean, think about, you know, um, the vastness of the people that make up, you know, this land and that they're farming. Right. There's a level of education. There's a, leg- a level of support. There has to be a level of encouragement. Um, so their work began a long, long time ago, really just pounding the pavement or the farmland, if you will, talking to farmers and explaining what this mitzvah is. Yeah. And their goal for this year, Karen Ashvitz, or our goal, let's say, since we're all in this together, is really to get 51% of the farmland in Israel, um, that that should lie fallow for the Shemitah year. And that represents $65 million. It's a $65 million commitment to support just for that 51% of the farmland in Eretz Israel should lie fallow. Yeah. So they have time, uh, you know, uh, of work ahead, but there's a lot of, like, sort of education and, and encouragement that needs to go into this as well for those farmers that don't know or are on the fence. And uh, hitting 51 would be very significant. I mean, God looking down and seeing that the majority are doing it would be pretty cool. Uh, Karen Ashvies, it's very simple, everybody. It fits right into our Elul Chesed campaign. Um, uh, that's what this campaign for Karen Ashvies does, and I hope everybody takes a close look at it. There's plenty of information online. Go to KarenHashvies.org, KarenHashvies.org, and help with the mitzvah of Shemitah in Israel. KarenHashvies.org. You can also dial 888 888- Six seven five six six nine four eight 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 six seven five six six nine four. She's a celebrity chef, a cookbook author, uh, the um, chief media and marketing officer for Aish in Israel and around the world, and she is a very close friend of Karen Ashvias, and that's Jamie Geller. Jamie, I take this opportunity to wish you a happy, healthy, and sweet new year. You're an inspiration, not only for all the things that I just mentioned, uh, but the fact that you uh, th- that you speak with such great pride and joy about your Aliyah, which seems to be going very, very well for you and your family, and there's nothing to us more important than that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Love to the entire family and to all your listeners. Welcome. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Jamie Geller, everybody. Karen Ashvias at the karenashvias.org or 888-675-6694. Amazing to check in with her uh, about her latest efforts on this. And uh, hopefully we'll speak to her again. She's involved in so many wonderful things and is a wonderful guest. Wednesday morning broadcast.